You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75 two-time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer. And as I just discovered right before we started recording, for the first time ever, uh, somebody who tried Whataburger's spicy ketchup, the one and only Tony Casillas, TC. What up? And why is that why is that so unusual, RJ? I, I was stunned. Am by I the this. only one on the planet that hasn't had uh Whataburger spicy ketchup? So well, hold up. First of all, um, you've been a resident of the state of Texas for how long at this point? 30 years? A long time. Long right. enough. Yeah. Okay. And not that spicy catch has been around that long, but you've obviously been, you know, you keep in shape, you know, like you're not necessarily eating Whataburger all the time, but you know, you have it. I imagine that's, if you're going to have a cheat meal, that's among your go-tos, right? Whataburger. Usually after 11 a.m. at night, yes. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, 11 p.m. at night. Yeah, it's all discombobulated. <laughs> 11 a.m. Um, that's right. right. Yeah. 11 so, a.m. Breakfast, whatever. Yeah. The, the, yeah. 11 p.m. So over the last like 10 years, I would say that I've probably had maybe like 2,000 Whataburgers. Like rough estimate. I don't think you've had that many, but you've probably had a couple hundred Whataburgers over the last decade. Is that fair to say? No, I haven't had a couple hundred of them. So oh, yeah. when I said 11 p.m., here's what I used to do, and I haven't done it in a long time, is on the way home at 11 p.m., right when they start ser- serving breakfast, I think it's 11 p.m. They na- I don't now, know, whatever. Now they – see, this is how far behind the times you are. Now I they know. serve breakfast all, the, all day long. So you okay, can get breakfast okay. at any point. So whenever I started really just going on – coming on the scene of Whataburger, my whole deal was the toquitos and sausage on a bun. Gotcha. That was my go-to plus the French fries. But for some reason, when I eat breakfast, and that was sausage on the bum, taquitos, I don't put ketchup on my French fries. So I order French fries. I don't know. It sounds kind of just weird. You're saying only never... at this time, though, when you're eating the breakfast food. Correct. Correct. Okay. Like if yeah, you're eating yeah. French fries at any other time, you use ketchup. If I'm so. having a hamburger with my French fries, oh yeah, I'm gonna have gotcha. the I'm gonna have the, the 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 ketchup and whatever I decide to put on it. Okay. Something spicy. So, but I, what happened is that, uh, actually it was my, my son's fraternity brother. He loves this water burger, spicy ketchup. And that's smart man. He lives and dies. Yeah. He's a smart guy. So I finally had a chance to taste it. And let me tell you, man, I'm addicted to it now. Mm-hmm. And I've just been missing out on a long, that's some of the things I've been missing out on life is a water burger, spicy ketchup. We um we get a lot of questions. Uh, I know I get a lot of questions from you know different followers and stuff that that don't live in Texas or some that live internationally. And obviously, like generally, the question is like, I'm coming to Dallas for you know this Cowboys game. I want to get a Whataburger. I see people talk about it all the time. You know what should I get? Whatever. And I know you're new to the spicy ketchup phenomenon, um, but you can't eat it with everything. You know what I mean? Like you you can't 
you can't eat it with any burger or any meal you order there. Like, I'm a firm believer in that. Like if I'm getting a number one, like a classic Whataburger, I want the regular ketchup. Um, but if I like I get a specialty burger a lot, it's a sweet and spicy bacon burger. Um, I get I get the spicy ketchup with that. Like it's 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 situational well, is my point. Yeah, it is situational and it just depends on what you're having. But look, I we you and I are a big fan of ranch, ranch dressing. Oh, dude, for sure. So I am uh, ranch dressing and peanut <laughs> butter. If I could find a way to put peanut butter. Yeah, I mean, I, I love peanut butter. Also, I, I was at a restaurant and they have, a, I think it was a peanut butter and jelly burger. That and sounds good. Kinda, I would eat that. Yeah, it does sound good. Yeah. But ranch, I could put it on anything. And, and spicy ketchup. Yeah, the way it's it tastes, the way Whataburger makes it. Um, but yeah, so those are some of the things that I've been missing out on. And now I'm catching up and it's taking me a long ass time to get there. But I've gotten there. So I'm well, good. We're uh, we're going to get there to the football talk. The last thing I'm going to say on this um, is you mentioned like in the breakfast taquitos from Whataburger, which are great. Mm-hmm. Like that's and certainly if you know, mm-hmm. you, you said past 11 p.m. But what I can say is if you're in college, maybe your son and his fraternity brother, it's 2 a.m. It's a little bit later. You've you've been out studying. Um, that's when the Whataburger breakfast taquitos hit the hardest in my mind. And what I will say, Tony, maybe you want to check this out. Um, I don't know if you get Whataburger's picante sauce with, uh, with I have not had taquitos. that. Well, it's really good. Um, and you, you know, you can dip the taquito or you can pour it on whatever, but the spicy ketchup is a nice mix up because it is, it's got that little, little kick, you know what I mean? Um, so just, you know, if, if you're in a, a playful mood, check it out, but, uh, yeah. shout out to Whataburger. We love you. Yeah. And you know, Whataburger's it's, it goes along with Texas and, but yeah, I, uh, and to your point, it may have been after midnight. It may have been my kids bringing me home Whataburger and um, being able to enjoy the 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 delicacy of uh, having a Whataburger about 1 a.m. in the morning. But it doesn't matter. I mean, is there ever a bad time to eat Whataburger? There's not. And we love Whataburger. We'll give them the plug. But, hey, real quick before we get the show, one of the things I have to say is the 50-year-old oh. moment this weekend with Phil Mickelson last of weekend. Of course. I cannot – to me, I, I sit on that. I sit on my couch. Whenever it started, they teed off at two thirty all the way to the end. And I don't know about you, but that golf course, Kua Island, it, it, it created so much drama. And the fact I just felt like I'd just been through the ringer of emotion after watching that. But man, when a, a major fifty years old, Phil Mickelson, he gets a lot of aspirations for old guys like me. I and I can just say this: there's probably a lot of fifty year olds right now going out there and saying, "Look." I can still do it. So <laughs> shout out to Phil Mickerson for helping the old guys, representing the, the old guys. We, uh, we've talked a lot of golf in our day here on the 750. Um, so it was very cool. I was very excited to hear your thoughts on it, obviously. Um, it, was, it was very different, but equally cool um, as far as Tiger winning the Masters two years ago. Like, again, different situation, different course, different everything. Didn't have the, like, pageantry that the Masters has, you know what I mean? Like, they have all their mm-hmm. traditions and stuff. Uh, but and what was weird about it was it wasn't like like Phil held on or lucked into it, you know, like like remember, like at the Masters that year, like like everybody else that went in the water on 12. Right. Like, and, and, yeah. Right. And, and, it, and, and Tiger was the only one who like survived. It was very different in that Phil just kind of beat everybody you know it's like and there, there wasn't like there was drama certainly but there wasn't this like moment of fear it was just cruise control and what's more is like he was leading as a very early on saturday so like we were all as fans allowed to think like 
imagine if this happened forever. You know, it wasn't like something that developed on Sunday. Um, and for him to go head to head with Brooks and and shout out to Brooks for powering through the knee injury. I mean, like it was um, it was a really, really, really fun day of golf. Uh, really cool. The scene on 18 obviously was incredible. Um, but yeah, for him to become the oldest player to ever win a major at that course in those conditions, the longest course ever uh, mm. that a major championship has ever been held at. I mean, just uh, pretty sick. Um, yeah, he was still hitting some bombs. Oh, he had the longest drive year. of the day. He, I mean, and, yeah, it, and, and look, I think that, uh, and I, I tweeted this out, my generation, I've seen a lot of great moments in sports. And to see a 50-year-old guy win a major like that. And there was something about it. There's something or about it, RJ. Maybe it's just because of the pandemic and we weren't able to see something like that. Right. But just the just the intimacy of the fans, you know, they're trying to grab them. And just it's like we all suddenly forgot about the pandemic. You know, this was right. natural. This was something we haven't seen in a long time. So anyway, I just had to mention that. That's pretty cool, especially if you're a guy like me in my 50s. It, it helps represent as I mentioned, the old dudes. No, I agree. Um, that's well done. Well said. Um, and you're right. Like it was, it, it felt like sports before the pandemic and mm -hmm. in, in a weird way, not a very different way. Um, we're recording Tuesday morning on Monday, the Cowboys began OTAs. They posted some photos obviously of, of the players, you know, doing this, doing that, whatever. And it just felt so nice, Tony, to see Dak Prescott throwing a pass, like not, not the biggest deal. Like it's just a photo of him throwing a pass, not even a video. Um, but it just felt really nice to see Dak Prescott working again. You know what I mean? You know, I was looking at that and I, I thought that was great to see him out playing, but I love the black top. I like the black shoes. I don't know if you notice that, <laughs> but I'm caught more into that. Or I was like, well, Tony, what do you, that's the only thing you, <laughs> that's the only thing that you noticed during him in throwing, but I think you're right. It, just to see him out on the field and really, and he's mentioned his own, uh, you know, his his own uh, beliefs is that he could go right now. And to see him out there and gives you a lot of confidence, I think, for fans. We got our guy back. Uh, and really, really to see what the future holds ahead of this, especially in this upcoming season. And that's been a storyline, right? Rightfully so, to see what his, his health is going to be and how he comes back and but I, right now, I know he's put the work in. And as much as we saw how gruesome that injury was, RJ, uh, it's an injury that you can, you know, you can come back and really, really just hopefully move on. It wasn't the Alex Smith type of injury, but it just gives you a, this, is, this boldness and this confidence. And like, yeah, our guy is ready to go. And he's out on the field with his team. And also the franchise, the confidence now and the guys around you as players to see your guy back. And really just uh, ready to go. Um, yeah, I completely agree. And it will, this will be a fun week as OTAs roll on. I'm sure DallasCowboys.com will put out some videos and get people hyped up. And that's always really fun and really cool. Um, it's interesting. I, I mean, I'm not doubting Dak whatsoever uh, that he thinks he can go right now. I kind of believe him. I mean, you know, why would, why shouldn't we believe him? Um, he, uh, he posted his own photo and said, uh, dear adversity, Thank you for the opportunity. So it really does feel like he is embracing the challenge that is ahead of him, um, which is cool to see. Uh, but today, Tony, I wanted to talk about um, a, a different, you know, uh, 
not candidate or a different uh, quality or different, you know, kind of sector of players. Uh, one of our writers at BTB, Brian Martin, wrote about this on Tuesday. Uh, I'm just going to read his title. It was five Dallas Cowboys players set to have a breakout year in 2021. And so I don't think Dak fits this mold just because we've seen him have a lot of success. But like, who are dudes, who just who are some dudes you feel like we're not talking about? You know, who are some dudes that are not getting enough love uh, that you could see being legitimate contributors? So like the answer can't, be cd lamb right like we all know who cd lambs you know we all know who michael gallup is like some guys that you know are are not household names but and haven't had their like dominant season yet so far in the nfl um i have i have brian's list if that's helpful and everybody can read this on tuesday starting at uh one o'clock at blogandtheboys.com but uh but yeah who's the name that comes to mind for you well i'm gonna start with one guy that i think people have been talking about uh that's neville gallimore i think that he mm. may be a guy that they're really in are counting on and for all I've seen and all I've heard uh, and what I do like is Dan Quinn working with the rookies and mini camp and really just being kind of a teacher. I think Neville Gallimore uh, after, I think after the, the Pittsburgh game he had last year, that was kind of a breakout game for him, made a lot of big plays. Uh, I think that he's a second year guy, but I'm thinking really just go to that next step. Mm-hmm. He had got some confidence as a first year guy now it's a little different because, as we mentioned, it's not the pandemic OTAs. They're doing uh, doing all their, their classwork and everything on Zoom. Um, they're, they're on the field and really just trying to be able to get a chance to work out and work. So I think for him, to, to me, I think defensively on the defensive line in the front, I think that's a start with me when I look at one guy that really, really needs to just show what he can do potentially. I mean, that's potentially now it's time to really show what he can do on the field and how disruptive a force he can be. I think that that's a guy I would start with first. I think that's a really great choice. Uh, Obviously, he started the season last year, not buried on the depth chart, but at at this time, he's a rookie. Right. But at this, no, well, he's a a second year -year player now. Third year guy. Uh, Yeah. It's hard uh, to believe it's his third year already. That's crazy. But uh, so last year, at this time, the Cowboys had Joe McCoy and Dontari Poe, and mm-hmm. no, no, you know, nobody knew yet how badly that was going to go. Joe McCoy obviously got hurt. Joe McCoy still, by the way, a free agent. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. And they still had Tristan Hill. I mean, ahead of yeah. him, uh, and they, you know, they would bring, they would go on to bring back Antoine Woods, and and he would make the roster. I was wrong about that. Um, but so it was difficult to see snaps coming for Neville Gallimore in a serious capacity. Uh, but then, like I said, Joe McCoy gets hurt. Don Terry Poe gets cut. Uh, Tristan Hill gets hurt. And so all of a sudden he's thrusted into the fire early on. And so, yeah, I think it makes sense that Neville Gallimore could uh, could be somebody to contribute at a high level because, I mean, who's his competition at defensive tackle right now? Tristan uh, Hill. I think I think that that's probably going to be because the, the way they play this defense, so those are two, three techniques. So I think both of those guys really, and to Tristan Hill, I mean, he was really, you know, having it breaking out as someone that you saw playing and it was disruption, disruption up the field and creating havoc. And until he got that ACL injury, um, again, shut him down. So I think that that's those two guys, because it's not one of the things we talk about in this defense is right in the heart and soul is really just trying to get someone that's very active that can create plays inside. And now I think you have a little competition. So if I was going to say one and one A for my guys to have a breakout year, 
it would start with those two guys because those two guys are going to push each other. To me, that's going to be a competition uh, during training camp. Who gets the reps? And I think that's a good problem to have right now. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Totally. I mean, and the Cowboys did draft Osa Adigizuwa and Quentin Bohana. Um, I don't know that they'll necessarily, you know, be prioritized right now. Although Quentin does play the that classic one tech position, so right. different different mm-hmm. opportunities there. Um, they also, you know, obviously um, have have a way of going about it that um, is, is is specific to them. They have Brent Urban too, um, mm-hmm. so they they have some options. And so I like that pick. Um, I I'm gonna tell you one of Brian's here. He's and because I kind of I don't disagree with this, but I just I feel like I'm the only person who's not all in on this. Uh, the first person on Brian's list is Donovan Wilson. Um, Donovan obviously went to the greatest school in the world in Texas A&M University. Uh, <laughs> but I do think, Tony, that people are. I mean, I, I, this is just Xavier Woods again, right? This is a, a late round draft pick that showed promise early on in his career uh, that ultimately kind of inherited a lion's share of the opportunities at safety. And so while I'm not trying to, you know, poo poo Donovan Wilson or say, I don't think he has talent. I'm just trying to say just because he's the best safety on the team doesn't necessarily translate into him being awesome. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, you know, to me, um, I mean, it makes sense, but you know, the way I look at that is when you're in, when you're in, um, you know, your focus is competition. And Donovan Wilson, to me, is they've given him a vote of confidence. He had some games last year, like, wow, who's Donovan Wilson, okay? And I think now that you're in a in a setting and maybe a, a defense is a little bit more quiet as far as what you the expectations do. It's not this all, you know, thinking about you know, all the schemes and everything. I think that's a guy, it's a perfect situation that they want him to thrive. And I think that that's kind of the the mentality that you got to have as a player. It's like these guys are giving me an opportunity now. It's it's up to me to really make a you know just really make a you know the the situation what it presents to me. Uh, take advantage of that. And I think for me, he can be a player that maybe Vision is a very valuable pick. I mean, it wasn't didn't cost me anything as far as whenever he was you know brought in. Uh, so the the ceiling for this guy is. Is very very positive. So I don't. I think that. Yeah, I think that he is a guy that really has a lot of promise, and can really take advantage of what he has. 
And if he does and he grows as a player, I think this would be – he'd be very impactful because that's what we've talked about around here lately is having a guy in the back and a really, really good safety that has ball hawk skills and really, really can make a lot of plays and run and really be effective when it comes to, you know, the center field part of the field. I hope you're right. And like I said, I don't want to just be like the only dude who doesn't uh, believe in Donovan Wilson, but I've just, we've been burned, right? We've been burned by Xavier Woods before. And like, I mean, we've been, everybody has said forever that, you know, the Cowboys obviously haven't treated the safety position uh, in full earnest value. And maybe they get lucky. Like maybe Donovan Wilson plays out of his mind to the point that he justifies all that. Right. I mean, they didn't, yes, they drafted Israel Israel Mukwamu um, this year in, in the sixth round. Uh, and we'll see what that turns into. But that's another thing. Like, you can't just keep throwing sixth-round picks at this position and hope that it works out. So, like, again, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be a little bit um, a little bit measured. Like, you know, like, this is kind of like like a kid. You know, I touched this, the hot stove once, and I burned my hand. So right now, like, you know, I'm coming up to the stove. You're reheating your water burger, And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more careful because – Well, they uh, really haven't given you given a reason to be confident about it because right. of what we've seen, guys, it's been a revolving door. Right. And, so and to be fair – this will be con- some consistency at that position. Right. And Donovan has shown moments that are worthy of belief. That's not at all untrue. Um, I'm just saying I'm not but willing to – But that's the to- problem. We don't need flashes, okay? Right. We need consistency. And I'm hoping, I think that when we talk about breakout, all these guys we mentioned, there's got to be a certain amount of consistency. It can't be like one or two games. It's got to be a full body of work in a regular season. Um, I agree. So somebody else uh, on Brian's list, this one I thought was really interesting. Blake Jarwin, um, from the perspective of, this is a weird one to put on the list, I think, or some people will think it's a weird one because Blake Jarwin's been around a long time. Um, he's, you know, had moments he's caught touchdowns. So like, that's kind of, you know, in people's minds, but if you'll remember Tony, as I fight off a sneeze, goodness gracious, uh, I'm really strong. Uh, I made that sneeze, you know, super weak, but anyway, okay, I'm surprised I'm not sneezing. <laughs> I'm, I'm allergic um, to rain and it's been raining here for about two weeks. Straight. Oh dude, seriously. The <laughs> rain has been wild. Anyway, um, Blake, we forget that last year when Blake Jarwin got hurt was his first opportunity to be tight end one. Right. Like that was it. Like, because Jason Witten was gone. I mean, last year was supposed to be the year that Blake Jarwin introduced himself to the world and he got hurt in week one in LA. And so I do kind of, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't, and again, like, I don't want to say that Dalton Schultz isn't capable of being a starting tight end in his own right, but this is a contract year for Dalton Schultz for what it's worth. I mean, I'm really, really, really pumped to see Blake Jarwin into like, we, we talk so much about all the wide receivers that Cowboys have, but Blake Jarwin gives them a really, he is, there's no question. He's the most athletic tight end on the roster and he gives them another weapon in the passing game that, you know, that Dalton Schultz does didn't quite give them last year. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I I think that we can all agree that Blake Jarwin, when he, he broke out and we're thinking, and who is this guy? He is, he is very uh, reliable. I think that when he is out, when he is playing, I think he's a good, reliable source for Dak Prescott because he does, he gets open and there's a lot of weaponry on this team. And so this only, this only opens up opportunities for Blake Jarrett. And I think that it's very surprising because I'm thinking, I'm always like, who is that guy? That's Blake Jarrett. He made another catch or, you know, he caught a touchdown pass and, or something like that. And, and that's what they need. They need a consistent tight end because as we know, 
you know, the goat was here for so many years and Jason Witten. And so in, in, in every, in any offensive scheme, a good tight end is, is essential. And I think that he is good. I think what he does is that if you sit around and you watch Jason Witten or you saw, you watch film of other tight ends and, you know, hopefully some of that knowledge will, will rub off and you study right. that. And I think that's what's really gotten better with him as far, as far as running routes, understanding the defense. And I think that that's really a reliable source when it comes to playing in the NFL because, look, I mean, all these guys, we're mentioning this all the time. they got a skill set of running routes, big and strong, but really just running concise routes and getting that chemistry with your quarterback is it's just an amazing thing to have. I mean, that you're talking about harmony. That's definitely harmony there. Yeah. Um, well, you know, that's a really nice way to put it. Harmony or harmony. I was going to say harmonies, harmony, Har- <laughs> harmony, 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 blah, blah, blah. Harm- harmony. Goodness gracious. Uh, Harmonize. Who's uh, who's another dude on your list, Tony? So we've talked about obviously Neville Gallimore. Uh, we've talked about Donovan Wilson, although just kind of pumping the brakes a little bit there. Blake Jarwin, who else do you think is, is going to have a, a year that that maybe if if you're maybe next year, your son says, hey, dad, go buy me that dude's jersey. <laughs> well, I'm going to stay on defense. I'm going to stay. I'm going to go with Trayvon Diggs. I think that. Oh, what a great um, answer. I, I think that because there's a lot of guys in this team, the veterans and guys, I mean, they're, you could go to, but they've already kind of established themselves. And uh, But I'm going to stick with the defensive side of the ball because I think for me that is – where they went, that's where they tried to swing in the draft and, and, and just really hopefully hit some home runs and some singles and doubles and maybe a, a, you know, a couple of triples or some of the picks. But I think for me, you know, this, this defense needs to thrive on good coverage. You mentioned Donovan Wilson. That's just like one of the pieces, RJ. But to really have a guy on the, you know, the, the edges and Trayvon Diggs, I think he – kind of learned, you know, what to do and really just kind of went through the the growing pains of being a young player. But I think it's something about that second year, all of a sudden it just starts clicking. You're like, oh, wow, this game is a little slower mm-hmm. than it was the first year. And now I'm understanding these guys, these wide receivers, and I'm lining up that I've been watching when I was at Alabama. Now I can understand the speed of the game. And it's such a, a difficult position to really slow down. So I think for him, if he understands and gets that cadence, you know, the cadence of it being a little slower and understanding the nuances, I think for me, if he has a really just a just a better improvement from last year and is able to get some picks and create some turnovers and really just help that secondary and help the, you know, the pass rush, I think that's going to be huge for this defense. I agree. So – he had three interceptions last year, all of them against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, while those are cool, it would be nice um, to see them on a more stable basis. And it's really exciting to think about what Dan but Quinn does. But who cares? No, three, I, I, three picks is three picks. I agree. Um, hey, like, you got to remember what where this team has been in the last five or six years when it comes to takeaways. Yeah, I, I mean, believe me, I'm not at all trying to say I don't want any turnovers. Like, I will take all the like, turnovers. Yeah, well, it's just three, only three turnovers, but it's against the Eagles. I mean. No, I'm saying, like, it would be cool to get some interceptions against some. I, I like, understand. Yeah, right, right. I mean, like, being serious, though, like, two of those interceptions. Eagles weren't very good last year. That's so what I'm saying. That, they they had two. You, I, 
they had two of the worst quarterbacks that played in the NFL last year in Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. And so right. it would be cooler to see those on a more regular basis against some more stable play at the position. So that's the only thing I'll offer there. I understand uh, your point. Right. Um, interesting. I mean, I'm very excited to see, um, cause you know, like I said, DallasCowboys.com will post a bunch of photos and stuff from OTAs who's out there, who's starting, uh, because Trayvon Diggs, of, of all the people we've named, maybe Blake Jarwin, um, because he's a starter as well. Uh, Trayvon's going to have the most opportunities. And he does, like Blake Jarwin, he plays a position where if he does experience this massive growth, it's going to be really obvious. And that's really exciting to think about. Um, so, you know, hey, who's who's doubting Trayvon Diggs? Seriously, like what, if, if you're going to believe in anybody that we just talked about, it's Trayvon Diggs. Because while I think we all believe in Blake Jarwin, he is coming back from the injury. And that's a fair thing to just be a little bit hesitant about. But Trayvon Diggs, there's no reason to doubt that he's going to improve in year two, which is very exciting. Um, so yeah, do you have another one, Tony, or, or, or you feel content there? No, I feel content. Um, uh, I think the, the rookie, uh, center that, uh, what's the, the, the kid from uh, Wisconsin, my mind's going blank. That was Tyler. Was, yeah, I, I think, thank you for that. Um, I, I think for me to have some consistency in that offense, I think that's a position. I really think that he's got a lot of promise to him. And I think for him, uh, he's got to be, you know, whenever you feel the footsteps of, you know, Travis Frederick, I mean, that's, uh, that's impossible. But I think that really in the interior part of that line is something, I mean, obviously you got Zach Martin, you have uh, uh, Connor Williams at the at guard. So I think Connor Williams also can kind of fit that, that mold also, because he's, you know, he's, he's, he's had a lot, he's had some experience in national football league. And I think for that core right there inside the interior part of of the line is going to be a key, especially for running the football. And I think that center position, because the center, you got to remember, he's, he's a quarterback of the offensive line. He makes right. calls and, you know, he does a lot of things and, and, and really communicates. And I think once you get confidence in that guy, I mean, he's the leader, the director of that offensive line. And I think that uh, they'll really, really need to have some consistency considering they had a dude that's, uh, is going to be a future Hall of Famer to be able to have some confidence in protecting your your quarterback. Yeah, on the subject of that, by the way, um, I I'm not certain, but based on Connor Williams's Instagram story, it looked like Travis Frederick had a retirement last week. Um, like it just Connor Williams posted something on his Instagram story. It was like uh, there was like this big balloon seventy two. Um, and all this stuff, like, like it was clearly like a, like a photo op, you know, like when you walk in, like to the, whatever party or banquet or whatever. Um, and, uh, anyway, um, so, um, he, and he posted like congrats on the retirement, whatever. So maybe, you know, obviously, you know, the pandemic was going on and everything, um, and it still is going on, but you know, maybe Travis Frederick hadn't had an opportunity to properly celebrate his retirement, but, uh, so that's what it seemed like, unless Connor well, Williams finally, I'm glad. that's, I'm glad they get to celebrate it. Agreed. Uh, great for those guys to be able to honor a dude and it's someone who got the bar tab. So that's true. Uh, one <laughs> thing I will say, I, I like the Tyler Biotish pick. So my point is about really everybody except for Tyler Biotish, the Cowboys, Tony have, have a sneaky mega need there. Uh, because Connor Williams is in a contract year, and I don't think they're going to bring him back unless he plays out of his mind this season. I just, they don't give the Cowboys don't give second contracts out like of a serious variety, unless you are a baller, right? Like that's especially on the offensive if line. You're Zach Martin. Right. And so, <laughs> 
with no offense intended to Connor Williams, he's not Zach Martin. And so I think they'll probably let him walk. And so what's the plan after that? Like, is it Connor McGovern? Um, is it, you know, they drafted Josh Ball, but he's a tackle. I mean, like, what what are you going to do there eventually, you know, to, to kind of patchwork your offensive line? Like, Nick, my point is next year's offensive line could be sneaky, you know, very different. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Connor Williams obviously plays a big role on this team and was the only offensive lineman who survived the whole season last year, by the way. So respect to him in that sense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he needs to have a great year for a number of, of reasons, but maybe Connor McGovern, like I said, I mean, is, is the answer. Uh, maybe Connor McGovern outplays him, right? Like, cause if there's a position on the offensive line that is up for grabs, is it not left guard? I mean, like, I, I, I think we both agree right now. That, that today, Connor Williams is a better left guard than Tyler Biotish is a center. I, I think we both agree there. But I think that Tyler Biotish has a better grasp or a better hold on his position because he's the, like the, the reason they drafted him was to be the center of the future, right? Like that was the whole purpose behind drafting Tyler Biotish. But with Connor Williams, again, being in a contract year, I think they might be willing to make adjustments there in the name of getting the best five on the field. Maybe and like if Connor Williams isn't playing left guard, he might be the best swing tackle on the team. I think uh, Connor Williams uh, from the first year as a rookie in the, in the league has come along with leaps and bounds because I remember – as a rookie, I mean, he just got kind of baptized in the NFL, got bull rust, got manhandled, and understood. So I think he's kind of grown from that point forward. And I think maybe there's a little bit, there's more confidence in what he needs to do. He, need to, he obviously needs to get stronger in the lower body and understand the leverage points of playing that position. And, but I, I, I've, been, I've been very impressed. I've been, I've been satisfied with what he's been able to do. I don't think that that's been the issue. Uh, like it was you know, a couple of years ago when they had to, he had to come in and, and play and because of injuries. So I think if you want to look at it as, as far as a competition standpoint, it's certainly another position that has uh, a lot of focus on as far as during training camp and what they're going to go, but where it's the direction to go. But I think that I think Connor Williams has really, really grown and gotten better since he's been in the league. Well, um, perhaps this will be the year where he fully establishes himself, Tony. Perhaps. You know, I'm more, I, I'm more inclined, and this is not who needs to have a breakout year, but I need these offensive tackles to have a breakout year and, and not be in the training room. Right. Those no. Slayo Collins and Smith need to stay on the field because that's going to be uh, a really, really storyline uh, for this year, keeping yeah. uh, you know $40 million quarterback protected from the, on the blind side. Um, I, I mean, we forget, and I've, I've made this point a few times on our network, but so much is said about how the Buccaneers are bringing back all 22 starters, right? Like that's been said and talked about and written a thousand times. The Cowboys are technically bringing back all 11 offensive starters that they planned on last season, right? Like I know Lyle Collins didn't technically play at all, but he was like at this time a year ago, he was the the planned right tackle, right? Like Tyron Smith, the planned left tackle, obviously Blake Jarwin, the planned starting tight end. Like this is in 11 personnel. This is the offense that we expected to see last year that they are going to be bringing back this year. So that's exciting in and of itself. That should be helpful, you know, for Connor Williams, at least for Tyler Biotish. Um, so all of that is good. All that is exciting, but uh, very interested to see uh, which of these guys do break out. Tony, go get yourself some spicy ketchup because seriously, like you've got, you've got to make up for lost time. Uh, go to H-E-B. They sell it in the bottles like that. You just got to have a bottle in your house. 
I know they do. I, I, I found this out two weeks ago. I'm sorry. I, I just, uh, I'm back. I'm, I'm back in the times. I, I just need to get more contemporary, but I've been trying cause I'm going to go, we're going to go on a vacation in a couple about two and a half weeks. So I'm trying to refrain from junk food, but now that you mentioned Whataburger and spicy ketchup, all I'm thinking is about is a Whataburger triple with French fries. So I need to get those thoughts out of my mind. Well, good for you. Um, getting those thoughts out of your mind, but before then get some of that food in your belly. Uh, so anyway, uh, all right, everybody, that about does it for this week's episode of the seven five Oh felt good to be back on a Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back of course next week. Everybody have a good one. This was the seven five Oh. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.